Cascade Hoops Talk, bringing the world NAI basketball one podcast at a time. Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D here. Happy Tuesday. Hey, today we have a special show for you today. We're going to have Ryan Bricker. Ryan Bricker, he runs Rise Athletic in Warsaw, Indiana. Uh, During my Indiana tour early in the year, uh, I met him actually at uh, Warsaw Community High School in the Tiger Den. He helps coach over there. We started talking and he talked about Rise Athletic and what they do. And he'll explain it better, but basically they they do camps where they teach uh, basketball skills and the things that young people need to learn, but they don't just stop there. They focus on both character and spiritual growth and what young people are going to need moving forward in their life. Uh, you know, think about it. You know, a young person is going to play basketball for maybe 20 years, uh, but then they got, you know, 65 or 70 years after that, that they're going to be a person. So you definitely want to build a better person than you do a basketball player. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, how I was going to introduce this show and, you know, how to explain the importance of it. But three times this season, I've been to ball games, NAI games, where very good players made big plays, momentum uh, changing plays. And instead of just turning and high-fiving their teammates, they got in the face of their opponent right in front of a referee and ended up getting a technical, losing the ball, giving up two free throws, and the momentum completely shift. Uh, you know, that's the exactly the kind of character that we're not trying to build. And when I see that, if a person does that at an important point in a game right in front of a referee, that's instinctive. That's a learned and taught behavior. People learn that through deeds and words from other people, that that is the way to be successful, to intimidate the opponent, which is exactly the garbage that we need to drive out of uh, basketball. So let's go ahead and give a listen to Ryan Bricker of Rise Athletic. Hey, Cascade Hoops Talk, Billy D here. I have uh, Ryan Bricker on the phone. He's with Rise Athletic Development there in Warsaw, Indiana. They do athletic skill development, spiritual character development with young athletes in the Warsaw area. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you for being on the show. Billy, thanks for having me. So excited to be with you. I love what you're doing, what you've done uh, for, for college hoops, small college hoops, for guys who are putting in lots of effort, making an impact in people's lives that maybe wouldn't always get that sort of uh, notoriety that goes with with what they're doing so so thankful to be on with you oh ryan that means the world i really appreciate that you uh started this uh, rise athletic development and i want to talk m- more about it but i think we need to understand your background first you played at central noble high school and then you played right. some college ball my understanding you went to saint francis talk about why you chose saint francis and then how you ended up at grace yeah so it was uh, Central Noble High School, Little Albion, Indiana, a very rural part of northern Indiana, small town. Um, was a great place to grow up, honestly. Uh, had um, a lot of great support in my family. And really the basketball side of it for Central Noble for a long time, Just I never watched a, a team have a winning season growing up. Um, but still just loved the game. For whatever reason, I felt like God just planted in me a desire for basketball. Um, and so uh, I was very fortunate that as I got to the high school level, I had great teammates. I had a new coach that came in, Paul Baker, 
back in uh, this would have been in the in the mid 90s mm-hmm. and just completely transformed our program um, culturally um, the effort that he put in the accountability that he he gave us but just more the relationship as well and it just changed our program and so I had a great four years of high school basketball there um, it was a really meaningful time in my life and then on to Grace College actually before St. Francis so I went to Grace College for two years and uh yeah, that, that whole experience at Grace was life-changing uh, um, in, in so many ways. I had gone to Grace as the, uh, just with the idea of wanting just to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And I, I ended up finding uh, a relationship with Christ there um, through Coach Kessler, who is a, you know, a very, um, you know, just a very thoughtful, caring, discipling uh, guy, Hall of Famer, who's you know, had an impact on so many lives there and certainly did on mine. Um, and through some circumstances, just ended up transferring after two years uh, there to St. Francis, um, and you know played on some good some good teams at St. Francis. Um, but unfortunately, my, my senior year came down the second uh, second game of the year with a pretty significant uh, lower leg injury. And so, uh, you know, I, as you're a college athlete, you go into your senior year thinking, okay, this is it, right? This is mm-hmm. this is going to be it for me. And so you pour all you have in that summer before just invested as much as I ever had in the game and in my body. Um, and then to have a pretty significant injury happen uh, very early in the season really changed um, how things went for me the rest of the year. Just really hard to recover from that. So I did end up coming back and playing, you know, the last half of the year. But, you know, it was kind of a shell of what I felt like I could have been in some ways after the injury, just trying to get back into the groove. But I'll tell you this, um, that's exactly what I needed to have happen in my life. Uh, that injury, um, along with sort of my new found faith in Christ, just began to work on my heart and change me, my identity. And up to that point, I had really, you know, all my life thought of myself as a basketball player. Uh, and that pretty much was my identity. And uh, that all kind of came crashing down. When uh, you're injured, you can't play. Mm-hmm. Um, you're watching your teammates go on without you. Um but again, it was exactly what I needed to, I think, set up the rest of my life for kind of what I'm doing now. So that was kind of the life-changing moment that kind of brought you to this, I'm going to call it the eureka moment, that this single-mindedness that you can fall into as an athlete or even an athlete's family, that single-mindedness, can it drives people to become a better athlete, but it, it ends up, in the long run, harming you because you're not a complete person. Is that, am I oversimplifying it? No, I think that's I think that's true. Uh, you know, the the, the game has uh, provided lots of opportunities for me and for a lot of other guys, right? It just does. And so, you know, the relationships that I have um, are almost all connected to the game in some way for me. You know, I met my wife because I went to Grace College. The basketball took me there. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the best thing that have ever happened to me, right? Um, all of my friends, uh, for the most part, are, you know, have some connection to the game, and so. It's not all bad, obviously. We, we love the game. We, we appreciate what we can learn and what we can gain from it. I think the problem lies then when we have just a, a, a worldview that that's who we are, that we're a basketball player. And at some point, as we all know, it ends. You know, that could be kind of a, an injury like mine could be the thing that causes it. It could be that you just graduate and don't have opportunities afterwards. It could be that you get cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You know, I think I think our culture doesn't do a very good job 
of of setting us up for after our playing careers are over. And I've said this before, and uh, I'll say it here. You know, for me, basketball was a god, and basketball ultimately makes a terrible god, mm-hmm. as I found out. And um, I don't think there's any any doubt now, looking back, that that's exactly how I viewed it. And I found out that you know it is a, it is in fact a terrible god. So. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys who struggle, struggle a lot when their careers are over with just who they are. And I really have a heart for guys like that because I, I can understand where they're coming from and, and how that can go. Before we walk away from your playing career, you were best known as what? What was your strength as a player? Yeah, I was a, I was a shooter. I was the guy that, you know, was uh, you were the dribble drive guy and I was in the corner and if you left me, that was my job to, to let it fly. And so I made a, you know, a career in college and high school. Not maybe not as much, maybe more of a scorer in high school, but as the college game um, came along, you know, that was kind of my role. And so, yeah, I just devoted a lot of time, you know, to, to that and uh, spent a lot of time on, on the gun, if you will, the, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the first, the first uh, versions of the gun. I had to shoot away when I was a kid. The ball would roll down the rails, right, and you'd yeah. pick it up and let it fly. And then the gun came along, the first generation, wow, that just was a game changer. So I lived on that thing for a lot of years, and I'm really thankful now those things have come even further. It's just incredible. But um, that was my job, yeah. I was a, I was a shooter, and, and that's what I did. So your your last name's Bricker. Did you ever hear – you were a shooter. Did you ever hear that from the stands? Yeah, you sure do. You hear it in the pregame, especially in a conference game where people know you really well. Uh, it doesn't take long for maybe even a sign to pop up in the crowd. Or, uh, and if you miss your first one, you're going to hear it. <laughs> oh, I can um, imagine. So, yeah, so that's real, and that happened a lot, and that's okay. It actually was good for me to work through that, and uh, that's all right. I think I handled it pretty well it's overall. All it's part, kind of fun. It's all part of yep. the package, Ryan. So, yeah, sure is. So you, uh, your, your career ended. Yeah, you, you talked about you, know, you had the injury. Your career ended. And what inspired you, I know that event, but there, there's a long way away from recognizing this issue and putting together a nonprofit to do camps. Because what you do now is camps that both build yep. athletic skills and then spiritual character. What, talk about, the, talk about the, uh, that journey from an, an idea to it rise as a real thing. Yeah, I think for me it was, you know, after after my college career was over, I honestly stepped away from the game for probably a couple of years. Um, you know, I didn't really pick up a ball. Um, I didn't play in some of the leagues and summer leagues that, that other guys would have. Um, I just kind of put it on ice for a while and kind of began a journey of just kind of figuring out who I am. And I really began to realize um, how, how much my identity, identity was wrapped up in the game. And um, as I kind of got – you know, out from underneath that, I just started to find, you know, obviously my value, my worth, my identity in Christ. And I just felt that just so freeing. And I, and I thought to myself, man, obviously I'm not the only guy who, who must be dealing with this. And, you know, you talk to your other friends and guys in their early 20s after they've, you know, got out of the game for a little while. And you realize some other guys maybe are struggling with it too. But the reality for me really hit home when I started having kids. Um, and I, you know, wanted to be super intentional with my children about, you know, some of the, you know, pitfalls that, that I went through that helped them avoid some of those things. And so, um, yeah, trying to be intentional about that. And, and that really spurred me on to think through how can I help them? And that's a tricky thing, you know, as, as a parent, you're, you're wanting your children to excel. That's natural. Um, 
you want them to, to give great effort. Um, I actually want them to struggle because I realized that, you know, from the, from the struggle comes some good things on the other side of that. Um, but I, I realized that for me, um, trying to help them, you know, I needed to be super intentional with them about what, you know, their sort of lives were going to look like and, and, and creating a framework mentally in their identity that they can, you know, feel rooted in and solid in. And so that was, when my son was probably in second or third grade and just starting to kind of get involved in athletics on a, you know, a team level, maybe that's through the Y or some other local organization. You know, I really wanted to be intentional about that. So um, the reality is I, you know, I guess to skip ahead maybe a little bit with Rise, um, I started renting a gym um, for my son and some of his buddies. And the idea was that I would just um, – you know, we would obviously work on skill. Uh, we would spend some time honing those things, work on footwork and all the things that I think little guys need to know, pivoting, all those things. And then I wanted to be really intentional about their character development. So I started, you know, bringing up, you know, things related to um, spiritual spiritual things, uh, identity and those kind of things as we had conversations uh, with those with those little guys. And, and I really began to realize that, you know, as a coach, I think every coach maybe even forgets this. The impact that you can have is so profound. I mean, you can you can undo some some really you know rotten things in a kid's life and really help them, and you could also cause some harm if you're not careful. Um, and so I was really you know intentional about how I was going to go about that with those boys, and had a great time. Uh, the first four weeks that we did it, we met twice a week. We just we just uh, worked on skill, talked about character development, played three-on-three, which I really believe in. And you'll like this, Billy. One of the things that I did right away was bring in um, uh, some of, one of our local heroes in town, Kyle Mangus, <laughs> and his dad. Yeah. And Kyle and, and Tim and Ann and, and Jake, good friends of our family. And so I asked them to come in and just do a, you know, a little demonstration. What does a, what does a Kyle Mangus workout look like? I wanted the boys to see – you know, not only the intentionality, you know, the, the idea that he's going to do these reps, he's going to do them at this pace, and he's going to keep track of what he's doing. He's going to know. He's going to have data. And just planting those kind of seeds in the, in the minds of these young guys to help them sort of see it. Kyle, can you tell us a little bit about the workout you did for Ryan Bricker's young group? Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, going to work out for Ryan and some of the younger basketball players in Warsaw, kind of in the early stages of his basketball program. He really focuses on not only on developing the skills of, of young players, but really wants to help them with their character and their spiritual growth. I think it's really cool what he's doing. I didn't have anything like that growing up in Warsaw. Um, he's really giving back, you know, to the community and really trying to um, help these kids master the fundamentals. Cause you know, nowadays a lot of kids just want to, get out there and, and, you know, work on their, their dribbling crossovers, crazy crossovers and, and three pointers and that type of thing. But what Ryan does is he really teaches the game in a way where a player's IQ is going to get higher, you know, driving, driving it into the lane and, and stopping on two, you know, pivoting that type of thing, uh, how to shoot the right footwork, um, the right, the right release and form and that type of thing. So it's really good. You know what he's doing for Warsaw him and boy Kyle just you know burnt the net off the gym that day of course like he <laughs> usually does and, and his dad was really good walking him through things and talking with us about what he was doing and so that was really really good and so 
Yeah, I really, I really just felt called. I mean, I don't know how else to say it now. I feel like God has planted these seeds in my life um, and given me the experiences that I've had to use. It's not just for me. It's not just for me to, 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 to have learned a lesson. It's for me to use to give, and I hope that I'm doing that through, through RISE. So when, when a young person, well, first off, that's in bolts. How often do you have the camps, and how can people learn about the camps? The truth is, is in the last 19 years, you know, I've actually, as a, as my full-time job, I was the village barber in Winona Lake, Indiana. Um, I got here for the last 19 years, and and then the, uh, what, about two or three months ago, I sort of retired from that, and uh, Rise became um, such a, a much bigger thing than I anticipated, and it really needed someone to pay attention to it on a more full-time basis. So I'm transitioning to doing Rise now on a full-time basis, and we... We would do our leagues um, pretty much quarterly, you know, through the year. So three or four of them a year. Um, COVID threw a wrench and things like it did for everybody. Um, but we're kind of back on track with that now. And um, so social media, you know, is a, is a big thing for us. Obviously, it is for everybody. We, you know, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, it's how we get our information out to families. But, but our brand in town has really kind of gotten solid and grown and, you know, what started out as having, you know, eight kids in the gym, um, you know, one one month turns into, you know, 200 kids in the gym. And so we have a facility that we're able to rent at our local high school, Warsaw Community Schools, has really been gracious to us. And so we get to go in there and, and use that facility, and uh, we can get, you know, 150, 200 kids at a time in there. Um, and just uh, we spend a lot of time on skill development obviously talking about the character side of things. And, and really, again, I get back to just identity there. And uh, I think so many kids struggle with not only who they are, but fear being a, a big part of what they struggle with. Could be fear of missing out, could be fear of being made fun of, could be fear of making a mistake. I think we all have fears. Um, and so, you know, those kids hear that message from us. We spend a lot of time talking about being fearless. And, you know, I know, you know, Greg Tonegal really well at Indiana Wesleyan. Mm -hmm. And obviously with Kyle having gone there and watching his career unfold there, Greg was a, is a friend of mine. And one of his brothers, Ben is one of my very best friends. I played with Ben in college. And so I just know the Tonegals really well and, and have just followed uh, Indiana Wesleyan really closely. And I just love what they do in regards to the, I am third mentality, God first, other second, myself third and then being fearless. And I think Greg has found a way to unlock kids um, down there and just free them up to play without fear. And so that's kind of what we're built on, too, with Rise, is the idea that we want you to go for it. You know, I think, I think that God stacks the deck in our favor, and the fear can be removed or diminished, that there's a lot of fruit at the end of that. And so we just want kids to be bold, to go for it, to make mistakes, and uh, learn. And that's how you learn. And so we really believe that that's important. And um, so that's kind of how we go about it on the skill side and then come through our conversations. Those are the things we talk about. But then we really spend a lot of time on three-on-three. So the, if you've watched the FIBA games mm-hmm. in the Olympics this year, about six years ago we started playing uh, FIBA uh, three-on-three in, in our rise leagues. And, uh, you know, it just it's just awesome. I mean, the – competitiveness of it the pace of it uh the transitions that have to happen from offense to defense there's no you know pausing to check the ball up and and then resetting and starting over it just moves fast and after 10 minutes of that 
uh, kids are exhausted and ready for a break. Um, and so they'll come in and, and uh, we'll spend some time warming them up, getting shots up and working on some ball handling. And then we get after it with a three-on-three. And it's a blast, absolute blast. Coaches love it. Um, and our players just, I think, just eat it up because the ball's always in their hands. You can't hide in three-on-three. I believe it's the best way for kids to learn the game and, and continue to grow in the game, honestly, even at the high school level. That three-on-three just provides that more opportunity. So we love three-on-three. So you talked about staff and coaches. I mean, are they typically volunteers? I mean, how do you get them? Where do you get them? Yeah, I've had guys that have been volunteering um, now for that whole entire time, six years. I have, I'm just so thankful. I mean, the organization we have um, has just been so blessed to have quality people. So that's how we've started, right? We're trying to find the right people to get involved. And um, I have, you know, several guys who have spent a lot of time with me, Keith Manuel, uh, Jeremy Neely, um, on and on. And these guys will sign up to help me. Um, even if their kid's not involved, um, they just love it that much. They, they've appreciated it and they see the impact it's having. And so we, yeah, we are a volunteer sort of, uh, driven in some ways on the coaching side, but what I try to really do, and I think this is where I think we stand out a little bit better, maybe than some other youth organizations is, you know, we spend a lot of time, I spend a lot of time trying to coach our coaches, um, being a basketball coach at the high school level, which I do here at Warsaw Community Schools also under Coach Matt Moore, um, and just being around the game every day, thinking about it every day, I'm, I'm just I'm always in that mode. And the guy who's coming from his 9 to 5 isn't always mm-hmm. in that mode, but he really wants to help. And so we try really hard to set him up for success. So, you know, we'll walk them through the drills, we'll set things up for them, and then I will walk around as they're going through the drills at the basket to sort of just hone things, give more ideas, and help kind of clean things up as it's being done. But really want to coach our coaches. I think if you look at youth basketball across the spectrum, uh, travel, basketball, AU, um, you know, I think there's a real void in good coaching. And, I, you know, Craig Groeschel, a guy I listen to a lot, um, some of his podcasts, leadership podcasts, and he says when the leader gets better, everybody gets better. And I think that there's a real void in – um, the the travel club culture and, and the coaching. And I don't mean to disparage anybody that does it. There are some really good ones. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. There's some really good programs. Don't get me wrong. But by and large, I'm always kind of shaking my head a little bit, wondering what we're trying to accomplish in some of these tournaments and some of these games I see played. So um, I think I want to spend a lot of time coaching our coaches in our program to make sure that they're equipped and, and they don't feel stressed out. You know, I don't want them to have to come to what we're doing and just be exhausted um, before they get there, worried about what it is they're going to be doing. So we try to handle as much of that for them as we can to try to set them up for success. You know, Ryan, there's one aspect that I haven't heard you mention yet that I I think is an issue. Yes, the young athlete can become single-minded and see himself as a basketball player, but often the family is almost worse. Yes. Uh, Do you see that? And what, uh, you know, how do you, you know, is there, do you respond to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a great point, and, and and part of me transitioning to a full time role with with Rise now versus just being part time, like it has been the last six years, is I want to engage parents. Um, you know, we a lot of youth organizations say, you know, we're building character in your kid, and that might be true. I don't know what the strategies that all those organizations have to do that. Sometimes I think that we naturally think that sports just naturally builds character, positive character. And I don't believe that at all. 
Um, I believe it's probably neutral. I think you can develop bad character in sports and you can develop good character. You have to be super intentional about that. And I'm not sure every organization is as intentional about that. Um, but one of the things that's missing, and, I, and I, this gets back to the fear thing um, that people have, is it's on the parental side. I think there are a lot of parents who are, who are scared, who are, who are worried that their child is going to miss out on an opportunity. And they're always projecting out to the next thing. When their kid's in elementary school, they're thinking about middle school. When their kid's in middle school, they're thinking about high school, high school, college. And they're frankly missing it. They're missing where their kid is right then and even enjoying that. And that makes me sad. Um, that, makes me, that makes me sad um, because I think, I think a lot of parents are fearful that their kid is going to miss an own opportunity. And so I really want to do a great job as we develop our program even more to engage parents, to coach them, to help them see and remember. Because, you know, that's, it's one of the reasons I love Scripture. When I read Scripture, I am reminded of what is good, right, and true. Um, and I don't think, you know, a lot of parents are, they're good people, they're well-intentioned, but they, through the, sort of the haze and the fog of youth sports and the fear that gets sort of brought into it all, they lose sight and forget kind of what the goal is. And if we can remind them of what that is more often and then give them some tools, whether that's conversations or relationships, um, you know, video, people to listen to, whatever it might be, um, to help them remember that their kid will be 20 someday and won't be playing anymore. And what do you want him to be like? What do you want her to be like? What kind of character do you want in them? And I think casting that vision ahead for parents is really important. And I'm not sure that that's being done at the level that it needs to be because Youth sports has become a billion-dollar business across the country. And even locally, I just read an article today about a new sports organization uh, you know, in Auburn, Indiana. It's going to build a huge facility with all these courts and fields and all that. And that sounds really good, but then I kind of go, I don't know, um, because I just see a lot of potential hazards for the development of our children um, whose identity gets wrapped up in that. And there's a lot of money to be made. There is. And, but, man, if that's the driving force, that makes me pretty nervous in anything. And I think what parents and adults generally do is they see something good. They go, how can we make this better? Then they go, how do we make money on it? And then the next thing you know, you've got something that you didn't really want that's not really that good anymore. You know, when I was growing up, Bill, I, probably 80% of the play I did, there was no adult around. Exactly. You know, it was it was me and my buddies on a court somewhere, on a field somewhere, learning and struggling and figuring out the pecking order and figuring out how to win, um, you know, because there wasn't necessarily a next game. If you lost, you sat out, right, that whole idea. And so not to sound like one of the old guys here, but, but those are the things that are missing in some ways. And I think parents fall victim to a lot of that because, again, you know, social media is an easy thing to say, but it is real. The social media is impacting how we view our world and what we take in and what we think other people are doing and what we value. And so I think parents are falling victim to that. And they're seeing that, you know, their neighbor down the road, their son won the 13U, you know, gold bracket this week. And suddenly they feel like, oh, crap, we missed out. Well, no, you, you probably didn't, honestly. You were probably fishing with your kid, and that was probably better. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I really want to try to impact parents um, our local parents as best we can to try to remind them of what's important and what's true and what's right and what's good for their kid 
just to help them make better decisions as it relates to their kids' youth sports life and just their development in general. Now I'm going to sound like an old guy, Ryan, because I am an old guy, but uh, the the skill development is like, uh, you know, space age compared to when I was young. But one side that I think is, is really lacking is when I was 10, 11, 12, we were just up at the school either playing baseball or basketball or something. We were our own referees. We were our own umpires, right? And we had to decide who was going to be on the court. We had to work out all that interpersonal stuff. And as you said, there was not a parent in sight. And so we, right. you really learned to kind of fight your way through that. You know, yeah. there are a lot of lessons that can come out of sports. Oh, uh, absolutely. Again, I know I'm sounding like an old guy, but working through that, you know, umpiring your own baseball game and re- your refereeing your own basketball game, you kind of, you learn some of those life skills. Cause I mean, when you go to work, that's what everything is. Everything is kind of a, a real life struggle. I mean, it life's hard, right? And uh, I think yeah, that's a lesson that's getting lost. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. I, I just see I see the path paved for kids, you know, which you know I think there's a there's a uh, there's a negative to that in the end, you know, where it's just it's so easy in some ways um, for them to do whatever it is we want them to do as as adults. We we smooth that out for them, and yeah, those things like struggling, you know, uh, in relationship and. Um, figuring out how to communicate when you're angry, um, how to celebrate your success, how to celebrate others' success, um, those kind of things, how to, how to celebrate our success as a team um, are, are being lost. And, I, and I, as a high school coach, I see it, Bill. I mean, I, I look at what's happening at the high school level. In Indiana, obviously, the roots are deep. High school basketball is a celebrated, you know, historic you know, thing that we just – love around here you know we'll have i'm at work our team's gonna warsaw high school is gonna play at northwood um in a conference game that will be very very important this this friday night and they're gonna they're gonna be three thousand people there probably at least mm-hmm. um it's a big deal and and so you know those things those things are important for kids to be learning and sports can provide them but i think adults are hijacking those opportunities to learn some of those things and i, I think that's a shame i really do and so even in our rise league, I mean, we we have our kids, at, you know, after probably fourth grade, fifth grade, they start officiating their own games. I, I believe there's a court monitor there to make sure things don't get out of control, but we want them calling their own fouls. We want mm-hmm. them calling their own travels. Like, we want them to toil with that stuff and have to work through it. Um, and so I think those things are important and things that I benefited from, no doubt, uh, the competitiveness you know, again, if if you lost, you sat, and no one wanted to sit. So if you had a good player on your team, um, you thought, figured out how to get him the ball because you wanted to keep playing. Um, and those things are different now. We play it, you know, in a, in a club level. We play at nine. We play at noon. We play at four. You know, like there's just there's always another game, and I think that's that's a problem. And I I think we as high school coaches, you know, I feel like we have to reset. Um, because the high school basketball world, in my opinion, and the club world, in some ways, are colliding worlds that don't always mesh the best. Um, and so I see that sort of vein of, of club basketball leaking into the high school basketball world a little more than I'd like to see. Um, but I don't know how we can stop it right now other than no. you know, just trying to, to really um, – you know, invest in their character and, and their mindsets. And again, it's not all bad. I sound like the guy that hates it, hates the club stuff. I don't. My 
my two oldest kids, honestly, this year for the first time are participating in that. Um, and you know, it's been an interesting experience. Um, so I don't hate it, but I don't always love it either. And I think, you know, the leadership and the coaching in that, uh, in the club world really matters. Yeah. It's, it's to the point now, like you say, I mean, it's almost a juggernaut because if you don't play at that level and get that deep, deep experience, then you're probably not going to play anything at the collegiate level because you don't have the footwork and, you know, it, Every, sure. it's not 1974 anymore yeah you know when I, yeah. a guy could play baseball football basketball and then decide well what i want to what i want to play in college you know you you you've got to choose early on it seems now but yeah, yeah. When we're seeing that at the at the girls level i mean the girls basketball participation my daughter you know is, a, is an eighth grader playing at her her local school here and you know they're having a hard time getting six or seven girls to come out for the team and it's a school of I mean, uh, I don't know, what is it, almost 500 kids. Um, and I think across the board, across the country, you're seeing participation dwindle because it's become a pay-for-play scenario. And so um, a lot of kids aren't participating um, anymore because the opportunities locally are diminishing for them and they don't feel like they can compete, so they just don't bother. And so you're seeing some of those numbers start to fall, um, you know, even at the middle school level, on the girls' side especially. No, that's unfortunate. That hopefully that hopefully that tide will turn because, you know, women's okay. basketball has improved so much. Uh, it would be yeah. uh, that would be a real shame. Sure. So Ryan, I want to give your uh, give your organization a little bit of a shout out here. Uh, I'll put these in the description of the podcast, but they're on Twitter at rise under, underscore athletic, and the yep. website is risewarsaw.com. And you're a you're a 501c you're you're a nonprofit at any rate right that is correct yep we are so i would encourage uh anybody in that warsaw area around there i mean take a look at this organization i know that basketball is very important to the families there you know this organization is one that is building the basketball skills for the the young people in the area but also uh focusing on the character and what's really important so i would encourage anybody in that area any businesses in that area to uh, support this, uh, anything we can do for young people, uh, the especially with the the COVID world has impacted young people more than adults because it's mm -hmm. harder for them to you know process all the changes and everything odd that's happening in the isolation. I challenge everybody in the Warsaw area, especially businesses, you know, pony up, help this group out. Uh, Ryan, I want to let you know right now. And I challenge everybody in Warsaw, uh, Cascade Hoops Talk uh, commits right now $100 to your organization. Awesome. And uh, I thank you. Everybody in Warsaw, uh, just do it, anything you can. Uh, the young people, the young people in the county are, are very, very important. And here's a group who's trying to help out. So, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. That's uh, we're backed and, and funded by donors. We really appreciate those that we that we uh, do partner with. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a huge part of what what we're doing and and we're so thankful for those that commit to helping us and so thanks for for the shout out there well ryan uh you know maybe uh toward the end of the season here we can get you on hopefully when uh, uh i know you stay real close with grace basketball uh yeah maybe as they get into the playoffs i know they struggled a little bit they got beat last night and you're aware of that but anyway uh, maybe we can talk some grace basketball and you can give us a bit of an update too i'd love to do that bill really would and uh, again i just appreciate you um Wow, it's just really, really uh, impactful what you're doing, and uh, I think it means a lot to a lot of people. Who you're giving a voice to them, like I said before, and I think that's that's a big, big deal. I think those those things matter, 
and make an impact in people's lives, and you're doing that too. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's Ryan Bricker. He runs uh, Rise Athletic. Uh, RiseWarsaw.com is where you can find him. Look in the description of the podcast to uh, find out where to uh, contact them. Thank you very much, Ryan. Ryan Bricker, thank you. Hey, thank you very much to Ryan Bricker, Rise Athletic. Don't forget to look in the description of this program, and it'll have the uh, contact information for Rise Athletic. A lot of big games tonight, including a full boat of uh, Crossroads League action, uh, several other uh, teams in action as well tonight. Uh, we'll update you tomorrow on uh, Top 25 and you know how the conferences are affected. And please consider helping out Rise Athletic, just like Cascade Hoops does. It's something that we believe in. Uh, it's something that I believe is important for our young people right now. Uh, so just consider that. Enjoy the rest of the week. I uh, hope your team wins this week. And I'll talk to you on Wednesday. And in the meantime, don't forget, NAIA basketball is the best entertainment value in America. 